Amen. And turn around, greet somebody, and then be seated. Wonderful to have you out today. As I said, yesterday was a great day. I want to start out with uh, folks came out and cleaned and did a great job. Do it every week. Come on out at 9 o'clock on Saturdays. But then at 10 o'clock, we didn't have the biggest group ever on visitation. But uh, we did see God bless in a tremendous way. There was a challenge. And was that challenge met, Brother Daquan? And uh, approximately how many doors plus did we hit? 700 plus doors. Amen. 700 doors with the plan of salvation. And there are people who come to our visitation who don't have it in their church. And so they come to our church to go on visitation and soul winning. You say, how is that possible? I, I, I got to tell you, when you make a big deal out of Jesus, make a big deal out of salvation, make a big deal out of being saved and kept and satisfied and our needs, talk about our needs granted. Praise the Lord. So it was great. We hit a lot of doors. We'll be going back to follow up. Come join us. We'd love to have you. And then after that, a little bit of a wait, a little bit of folks cooking and bringing stuff in. I want to say a big thank you to Kim Massimelli and her leadership with all the food and the decorations yesterday. Praise the Lord. We'd have had to squeeze to get any more people in. And what we're going to do in the future is just find more places to squeeze folks. We don't mind squeezing them in because what a blessed time. Food and food and more food and they slept it off and came anyway uh, today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Kim and crew, all of you that helped her. And thank you, Brother Tyler Kennedy. Candy has, uh, has done a wonderful job in organizing the setup and the cleanup and uh, organized uh, as things were being set up. We had a certain number of tables, certain number of chairs, and we had to keep setting up and setting up and setting up. And he got all the tables and all the chairs with the men helping in the right places and people all seated. A great time, great meal, great atmosphere. How many of you enjoyed the fellowship, huh? Amen. All right, how many of you met somebody you hadn't met before? Raise your hand. Look at that. Amen. And then we had a time of testimony. And praise the Lord for that. As I said earlier, I've been privy to all these prayer requests when these testimonies were given as pastor, and yet it was just amazing to me how many miracles we had in one room. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Amen. We're going to do it again. Hold the date. Mark it down. November the 18th, 2023. You're going to have to come early, or you're going to have to stand up and eat. No, I'm kidding. We'll, we'll find you a chair, all right? And, and pray the weather's good because we may have some outdoor tables to expand. We might, might have to. Might have to have, you know, some of our folks uh, out and about. But we're going we're gonna to continue to go and grow to the glory of God. If I can get a couple of men to help me out. We've got the new days of praise that will take effect in December. Now, I'm not quite ready for this cover. I'm going to have to talk to ICR. They put this out. There's a polar bear on top of an ice floe. How many of you, well, you walked outside, right? It's about polar bear uh, weather, yes. Don't go swimming outdoors. All right. So everybody get one or two of these, and we'll pass them out, and you get the first dibs on them, as the kids say. Amen. 
When we received the offering just a little while, we're going to hear a great special from our mixed vocal ensemble. They've been preparing, and we're thinking ahead. The 18th of December, the 18th of December, we're going to have a big musical and Christmas-themed program. It's the week prior to actual Christmas. It's the 18th, and so we'll have lots of music that day. Invite people out, okay? And um, we're in that season of the year right now, and uh, so we want you to start inviting people. And uh, we'll see a great increase that will come in. All right. Uh, we've got our special giving to give a Christmas gift to Jesus going on at this time. We did send a special offering to the Daniels, who are our missionaries in Uganda. They were robbed in the middle of the night, went through a traumatic experience. But we've helped to supply the loss that they uh, sustained through that horrific experience. But God's watching over us, and He's taking care of us. And uh, so praise God for that. We were in the scriptures this week. My wife and I, Gwendolyn and I, are going through Psalms and um, came to that great missionary Psalm, Psalm 67. I thought about mentioning this yesterday, but um, did not. Psalm 67, God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us, Selah. The word Selah means stop and think about it. It comes from a Hebrew word, Selah, which means a, a large boulder. And if a boulder drops on your mountain pass road, you're not going anywhere. You've got to stop and think about it. You've got to stop and give it some thought. That's it. So uh, now you know some Hebrew. You didn't know when you came in here before. Now you know some Hebrew. Selah is from Selah, which is a boulder, which means stop and think about it. And so God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. If it weren't for the mercy and the goodness of God, we wouldn't be anywhere or have anything. Praise God. I mean, that's it. Talked to a gentleman last night about some confusion. He'd been confused by other religions. And I, by the grace of God, I was able to clear up his confusion in about two minutes. I said, there, you know, been to this church, that church, this group, that group. You've seen this. You've heard that. I said, but there's only two religions. There's God's religion and man's religion. Man's religion says do something and maybe God will like you. And in the end, you might make it, but you won't know till the end. And that's not in the Bible. That's man's religion. Then there's God's religion, which says, Jesus Christ paid it all. You receive Him as your Savior, and the business of salvation is settled. It's called justification. How many of you believe in justification? It's a Bible term. It means it's settled. It's done. You don't have to wonder about if you're going or not. You're on your way already. Do you know that you have the down payment of heaven in your heart, called the earnest of the Spirit? Everybody's got the down payment that's saved, and you don't have to worry about it. And I said, you know, this other side, sanctification, you got justification, but sanctification, that's our maintenance. You already own the car. You just got to put the gas and the oil in it. All right? That's it. You're already saved and on your way to heaven. And now it's our responsibility every day to read our Bible and pray and live for Jesus and serve Him with gladness and praising Him is a privilege of ours. All right, look at verse number 2, Psalm 67. That thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Mirtha, como esta? Si, si. All right, wonderful, fantastico. Okay, now here we go. In the old Antigua, the old Spanish Bible from the 1500s, whenever it spoke of salvation, it used the word salud. And then when they got the Reina Valera, right, now they've got salvación. See? Correcto? See. Okay. Now, 
all ancient languages would speak of salud, which is health, covering the total realm of our health. Not just our physical salud, our physical health, but also the spiritual health. And every person, until they come to God, has a spiritual sickness, which is terminal. But Jesus Christ is the great physician. And He takes away our spiritual sickness. Come on now. And He makes us whole, every whit whole. Not, not just our bodies, but our soul, our spirit. Praise the Lord. So that thy way may be known upon the earth and thy saving health. Salute. The total health, praise God, among all nations. God wants everybody on this planet, all eight billion, to hear the truth that He has a plan. And His plan is not for us to come short, but our, 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 our destiny is to meet Jesus Christ. And He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad somebody introduced Jesus to you? Aren't you glad somebody cared enough to put that door hanger, or put that tract, or talk to you? Praise the Lord. Somebody brought you here. Amen. I know right now I'm looking back at George. And there was a man named Dennis. You know, there was a man named Dennis. We could say, like John, there was a man named Dennis sent from God. He came to bear witness, and guess what he did? He bore witness to George. And George, George Wilson, George Wilson came to this church and heard about Jesus and asked Jesus in his heart. Amen. And found out about that saving health, that salud, okay? All right, so moving on. Let the people praise thee. Come on, that's us. Oh God, let all the people praise thee. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the, the nations upon earth. Selah. Stop and think about that. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. You see, when we sit down and we have that turkey or we have whatever that is that you have on Thanksgiving Day, that's a time to rejoice in the plenty of God. But you know what? Even before that, there, there is a cause. And the cause is God. The cause is a person. He's the one who gives us increase. You know why He gives us increase? He says, yes, so I can stuff my face on Thanksgiving. No, that's not the reason. He gives us increase so that we'll know who is the source of all blessing. So that we'll know the one to worship. We're not going to bow down to some idol, to some icon, to some statue, uh, to some religion, to some religious leader. We're going to bow down to Jesus. This is all about Him. Amen. Then shall the earth yield her increase in God. Even our own God shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. That's godly respect, reverential respect. And praise the Lord for that. Now on the front of your bulletin, I want you when you go out of here today to be quoting some scripture. When you go to the restaurant. I don't know how many of you are going to go to the restaurant, how many of you are going to go home. I'm going to Gwendolyn's Kitchen. But uh, if you're going to the restaurant, I want you to take this attitude of gratitude and show them, in everything give thanks. Say it. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. In Christ Jesus concerning you. I want you to memorize that. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 And say to your server 
That's what the Bible says. Look at those wonderful pictures. Look at those pictures of families gathering. Maybe they're family and friends, extended family, but they're gathering because there is a God in heaven. And sir or ma'am, I'm talking to my server now, uh, he is the God of the Bible. And he's told us in the Bible all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the bad news. But the new, good news is the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you can have that gift on the back of the bulletin Every piece of paper that goes out of this place, just like Tom said in his testimony, every piece of paper that goes out of this place has God's wonderful plan of salvation on it. So give them the bulletin after you've read it, after you've used it, give it to them and say, read and do what it says. Do what it says. Amen. Praise the Lord. We need to always have an attitude of gratitude. That's what I'm speaking on today. Let's always have an attitude of gratitude. If I mention the name General George Patton, everybody here knows who I'm talking about. He was a lightning rod for controversy. In fact, there's so much question about his untimely death that if you're any kind of conspiracy theorist, uh, you think there's something a little funny about this man who was so strong against communism and so strong for capitalism and so strong for America, the red, white, and blue, his dying so suddenly there in Europe after a minor, what they said was a minor accident, you have to believe there's some kind of a conspiracy. I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying it's the stuff, it's the cannon fodder that conspiracies are made of because he was a lightning rod. But there's one thing they can't take from him. Just like Certain political leaders and people that you know, people will criticize because there's something in their character or in the way they carry themselves or what they say or how they express themselves. But the core beliefs of George Patton, the general, were good core beliefs. And General George Patton, I mean, when the sun goes down, there, was not, there were not too many generals like he was. I was referring to the fact that when he fought Rommel in North Africa, you see the picture of him there with the with the glasses, and he's looking through the field glasses, and he's routing George, uh, 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 General, uh, whatever, Field Marshal, whatever he was called, Rommel. And he put down his glasses, and he said, Rommel, I read your book. Rommel, I read your book. Got to know your enemy. Got to know your enemy. He, he gave us so many principles. And if you can get past some of the flaws and the foibles in, in General Patton, Patton's Principles is a book worth reading uh, because it will tell you about life. It'll tell you about, about the toughness that, that God will give you and the strength that God will give you and, and the, some of the challenges that you'll have to go through. Patton is little known for this, but he received a letter. And he said, this is highly unusual. I've received many letters over the course of my career, about four decades. I've received many letters. He said, but this is the first time I received one like this. And it was handwritten from a soldier who had been wounded and cared for one of the field hospitals. And he said, dear, my dear General Patton, I wanted to write you and thank you for the good care that I received when I was wounded at the front in such and such a battle and such and such a a situation. And Patton said, 35 years I've been involved in fighting for our country. This first time I ever received a letter like this, a letter of gratitude. Now I can understand 
you know, I can understand a little bit because I had coaches that were like General Patton. Coaches, uh, we talked about uh, uh, in the in the uh, visitation meeting. Coaches uh, up in the Upper Midwest. Uh, I mentioned uh, to to Gabe. He played football in Iowa. I played football in Minnesota, and it would be freezing, and the coach would say to us, "Now you want to get in the game. You want to stay in the game. You want to do well in the game." And they said because it's awfully cold on the bench. And you know what? Uh, you say, those aren't very loving coaches. No, but they were realistic coaches. And they helped us to toughen up and to deal with reality. May I say to you right now, we're in reality. This is reality. We, we need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not unto our own understanding and in all our ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct our paths. And when He does, and when we come out the other side, out of our trial, out of our difficulty, out of our problems that we face every single day, trusting the Lord, depending upon Him, obeying Him, doing what He says, then we need to stop and say thank you. We need to be people of gratitude. We need to maintain an attitude of gratitude, but we need to be people of gratitude. And today, we need to keep that in mind as we think of the message that God has laid on my heart. Inside the bulletin, I've got some poems, I've got some songs, uh, and one statement about gratitude. Here it is. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. Into enough. I think about the pilgrims that came across on the Mayflower. Of the 100, 104 or so that landed there around Plymouth Rock and established that colony. Before they ever debarked, Governor Bradford, uh, with the Mayflower Compact, gave credit to God, glory to God, and put it in proper perspective. They weren't there to conquer lands. They, they were there to seek God's will and to reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've been painted all wrong. The wrong brush, wrong, wrong shading, wrong colors for for the wrong reasons, by the wrong people. The truth of the matter was that many of those people were God-fearing people, just like you. They loved the Lord Jesus with all their heart, and they were, they were coming to a section of ground in what is now Massachusetts where it was very difficult. And they were met by Native Americans. And some of those Native Americans had been taught broken English with an English accent by another uh, Native American from up in, uh, in Maine. And so they were... Uh, uh, able to welcome the arriving pilgrims with the words, much welcome, Englishmen, much welcome, Englishmen, and they got along with each other. And uh, that first year, that first winter of 1620 to 1621, out of the 104, the numbers differ, but from all causes, about 52, about half of them died. And at some time during that period of time, they were so low on food they had five kernels of corn as a daily ration. And today there is the tradition of putting five kernels of corn on the edge of the plate before you load it up with the gravy and the mashed potatoes and the turkey. Just as a reminder that the people who came here early on to try to establish a new life upon this continent did so at great peril to their own life, and many of them perished in the wilderness. We know about the establishment of that great colony, Rhode Island, we, we've all heard of Roger Williams, but actually the first true Baptist was Pastor John Clark of uh, Providence Baptist Church there in Rhode Island. And uh, they gave freedom to every man, woman, and child who wanted to come into their colony 
uh, <coughs> freedom to believe or disbelieve whatever they want to. Nobody would force them to. They preached the truth, but they did not enforce like a state religion their belief system. You know that Bible-believing Baptists and our ancestors are the only ones that never forced religion on others. We simply allow people to know the truth. Now, we do insist on the opportunity to share the gospel, but I'm never going to force anybody against their will to believe what I believe. Wonderful, wonderful stories from the founding of our nation. You look at those pictures out there that line the hallway, preachers that were thrown in jail because in the colony of Virginia and in the other colonies other than Rhode Island, if they didn't have a license to preach or pay taxes to preach, they were thrown in jail. Sometimes they were whipped, sometimes worse than that. I thank the Lord for the wonderful standard, the high watermark that was set by our Baptist forefathers and how they, they stood for freedom. And when it came time for the Constitution of the United States to be adopted, I thank God for the Baptists in Virginia. We have a picture out here. Uh, they stood for religious freedom for all and would not back the, the Constitution unless we had the Bill of Rights that guaranteed the absolute freedom of conscience. That's our forefathers. You say, boy, these Baptists are pretty hard-nosed. We will fight and die for the right for a person to believe whatever they want to believe as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else. Come on now. That's who we are. That's exactly who we are. Strange creatures. Strange creatures. But definite in that conviction. I want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for life. I want to thank 